welcome to Create English on Ripollet Radio. English. My name is Gabor. I'm the host of this program. It's a program for English learners, self-learners who would like to have some tips and some exercises to improve their English. It's February 2021, so this is our February episode. Here we go, and let me tell you what we're going to do today. Right, so today we're going to kick off with the one-minute question, as usual. Then we'll do a bit of vocabulary and translation. I'm going to... We're going to just uh, take a quick look back at what we did last time. And uh, I'm going to show you some, uh, some song snippet to practice with. And then uh, I'm going to talk about questions in conversations and how questions in conversations can help you to develop a more fluent and a more uh, engaging way of conversations. So, let's get started. Okay, as usual, we're going to begin with the first one-minute question and we'll try to answer... I'll try to answer this question quickly. Here's the question. What's the difference between yet and already in uh, English? So, a uh, quick answer to this would be use already in affirmatives and yet in questions and negatives. Examples. For example, I want to know if the person has eaten or not. So I'm going to ask, have you eaten yet? Or have you had lunch yet? And this is a question, so I'm going to ask with yet. No, I haven't had lunch yet. Or no, I haven't eaten yet. That's yet because it's a negative answer. So we use yet in questions and negatives. And a question can be a positive or a negative question, actually. So you can say, have you eaten yet? Or haven't you eaten yet? Both are correct. Now, already would be used in the affirmative. Let's suppose the person has eaten already. So they would say to my question, have you eaten yet? Yes, I've already eaten. Or yes, I've already had lunch. This works this way in general. Now, there are cases when already can be used in a question, but that's more like in an ironic sense or when you're surprised. Let me give you an example. Let's suppose it's half past 12 now, but we know that the person usually has lunch around 2 o'clock, so it would be too early for them to have lunch at this time. So if I ask, have you eaten already? This expresses surprise. I'm surprised. I'm using already in a question instead of yet. If I ask yet, it's simply a question. Have you eaten yet? Yes or no? It's a simple yes or no question. But if I say, have you eaten already? I'm not really asking a question. I'm just saying I'm surprised. And because of that, it's actually often reduced to you've eaten already. So you just leave out have. You've eaten already? And this would be a conversational form of asking this question. Okay? This would be the quick answer to the one-minute question about yet and already. Time to move on. In the next part, I'm going to explain something that we talked about at some point in the past. This is actually more for Spanish speakers, but you can get ideas out of this even if you're not a Spanish speaker. In Spanish, there's an expression which is so often used that it's quite impressive, and the word is aprovechar. So we're going to look at how to use the Spanish word aprovechar in English. It's a great word. It's used for a host of situations. Aprovechar la oportunidad. Aprovechar las sobras de la comida. Aprovechar la situación para mejorar. 
aprovechar los recursos, and a lot of other examples, of course. Now, I'm going to suggest a way of uh, translating this expression into English, using this expression in English, based on my experience here with Spanish speakers. It's not that simple, but it's not that complicated either. If you check the dictionary, the, one of the first translations you will find is like, take advantage of. But in English, in a given situation, there are other options that sound better. So, here's the tip. Whenever you want to express aprovechar in English, check what you're actually saying and then pick the right word for that specific situation. We're going to look at some examples right now. English. You're listening to Create English on Ripollet Radio with Gabor Legradi. Okay, so back to aprovechar in Spanish. Let's look at some examples. Aprovecha la oportunidad. Take advantage of the opportunity. Okay, here the translation kind of works. But, aprovecha las sobras de la comida. Hmm. Here you wouldn't say, take advantage of the leftovers. No, you would probably say something like, use the leftovers. Why? Because that's what you actually do. There's some food left over and then you use it. Aprovecha la oportunidad para aprender. Right, learn from the situation. Or, aprovecha los recursos. Well, make good use of the resources. Or, aprovecha el buen tiempo. Enjoy the good weather. As you can see in English, what you need to do is uh, think for a moment what you're actually saying and then pick the right word for that given situation. When in Spanish the word is aprovechar. In Spanish, it almost works like a jolly joker. You can use it in so many situations. But in English, it works differently, so you'd better uh, think of what you're actually saying and then choose the right word for that situation. Okay, so much about aprovechar in Spanish and how to use it in English. And let's move on now. I think it was the previous program, yeah, we, um, we looked at the pronunciation of can and can't. And here's a little song snippet that I... I've written for that to practice. So if you didn't listen to that, just go back to the previous program, the previous episode. And in detail, we look at the rhythm difference between can and can't. So that's something that you can check out in the previous episode. There's, uh, you know, there's a detailed explanation. Here's a little song snippet if you want to just um, practice it in a fun way. Okay, actually, let's just listen to this song snippet for a second. I can swim. I can dance, I can't fly. I can swim, I can dance, I can't fly. I can swim, I can dance, I can't fly. I can swim, I can dance, I can't fly. Yeah, okay, so as you can hear, there's can and can't. First, you know, affirmative and then negative. So just listen to the rhythm, and if you want, you can just uh, practice along, you know. I can write, I can't fly. I can cook, I can write, I can't fly. I can swim, I can dance, I can't fly. I can swim, I can dance, I can't fly. I can swim. I can dance, I can't fly. I can swim, I can dance, I can't fly. 
I can cook, I can write, I can't fly. I can cook, I can write, I can't fly. I can cook, I can write, I can't fly. I can cook, I can write, I can't fly. Okay, so just make sure that you check out the previous episode where it's all explained, then this little song snippet to practice will make more sense. Remember that you can find the links down in the description of the program. And if you're listening to this podcast through other service providers and you can't see the description, then you can just go to my blog at createenglish.com slash blog. And you will find my blog articles uh, on the topics that I talk about here and other topics, other learning tips. And you can go in deeper if you're interested. Yeah, so I'm trying to upload clear, fun, easy to understand and actionable, useful ideas and exercises that you can practice and improve your English with. I'd like to move on now to uh, explaining some things about conversations. And, you know, most people want to learn how to speak English rather than grammar and writing and all that stuff. Although there are people who need that too, of course. A lot of students take exams and people need it for professional purposes. But uh, but still, the majority of my students ask for conversational English. Now, what does conversational English mean? Well, it encompasses, it includes, you know, um, of course, a range of vocabulary. It means style. It means using conversational expressions, obviously, and intonation, pronunciation, and all that, of course, and how they can uh, uh, work in conversations and actually how to do and how to use questions in order to um, to have efficient conversations. All right, let's begin. So let's just talk about questions and their role in conversations. And let's look at some techniques. And check out if you like these tips and if they work for you. Now, when you're having a conversation, you want to sound interested, obviously. So you need to be interested, but how do you express that interest, right? For that, you need effective language, expressions, and effective techniques, okay? Today, we're going to look at the questions. Why questions? You know, if you're really fluent in English, you might feel more comfortable speaking English, you know, being a, a talker, actually. But uh, but at lower levels, or maybe for shyer people, even if their level is lower, it doesn't mean they should just, you know, be only listeners in a conversation. They can listen more than speak, but they can be actively participating through questions, okay? The first role of questions, obviously, is to get information. But it's also to express interest and keep a conversation going. And if you're asking the right questions, it can help you to listen more and speak less, which is quite good if you're you you know you just um you just don't feel so confident using english now of course others will ask you questions too so you will need to be a speaker as well but uh but uh, questions are a great way to keep a conversation going so there are two kinds of questions basically yes or no questions and open now the basic question types are yes or no questions like are you from france or open-ended questions like how do you like it here Yes or no questions are good for a start. You know, they, you know, they're a great way to start a conversation, but they usually limit the number of answers that you can get. 
Some examples. Are you from France? Or do you like this place? Or can you play the guitar? Or did you learn English in elementary school? Now, open-ended questions, on the other hand, usually start with who, what, where, which, etc. You know them, obviously. They're great to generate more conversation because they lead to more possible answers. If you ask someone, do you like films? Do you like movies? They can pretty much say, yeah, I do. I love movies or I don't really, I'm not really into movies or whatever. But, uh, but if you ask what movies do you like, there will be obviously more conversation uh, after that about films or possibly more. So you can do this with the famous WH words, question words, like how, what, where, when, etc. So, for example, how was your day? Or what do you think of the teacher? Or how did you like the excursion yesterday? Or where did you learn English? Now, these cannot be answered with yes or no, simply. That's why they're called open-ended questions, because there are many possible ways to answer these. Now, just a side remark, and here's a simple tip also. You don't always have to ask questions to begin a conversation. You can simply make a comment about something that you're sharing in that moment. It can be the place, or the lesson, or the building, or whatever, or the weather. So you can just connect that way and start a conversation by making a comment. But if you want to ask a question, you can also link that question to the environment, to what you're seeing what you're hearing in that moment. For example, did you like the lesson? Or how did you like the lesson? Or have you been here before? You know, what do you think of that picture? What a nice picture. Do you like it? Etc. Now let's look at some practice. Let's look at some imaginary situations. For example, you're just walking out of the classroom. So it's an international school. It's the first day. There are students from different places. And it's just a break time and you're going to the cafeteria to have a tea or to take a break. Now, how do you start a chat? Well, you could say, for example, Hi, my name's Nuria. I'm from Barcelona. Hi, I'm Olga from Russia. Russia? Where from? St. Petersburg. St. Petersburg? Nice. And when did you arrive? On Saturday afternoon. Oh, okay. We came this morning. Okay, so this was a very simple conversation, just imaginary. But as you can see, how did you begin? Well, you just said, hello, okay? So in this case, there was no question starting. It was just you saying hello and, um, and saying where you were from. Now, just observe that the question where from is not complete, okay? So if you say, Russia, where from? It's just a conversational form of asking, where are you from in Russia? You know the student is from Russia because he or she just told you, but you don't know which part. So instead of asking, so which part of Russia or where are you from in Russia? You just say, oh, and where from? Now, the second question that you can find in the conversation is, um, actually the third one, is uh, St. Petersburg. Now, these questions are not real questions. Why are they not real questions? Because first, they ask about information that you already know okay you're just um, saying oh okay i'm interested continue or tell me more right so when you say russia it's because olga in the conversation said she was from russia yeah this is i'm olga from russia and you say russia it means okay interesting it's it's just 
expressing interest. Okay, I want to hear more. So basically, there are two questions. But instead of just asking a direct question like, okay, and where are you from in Russia? You just go, yeah, Russia, where from? So more conversational, but it's for the same purpose. The listener is interested and wants to hear more information. And the second one works the same way. St. Petersburg, nice. It's a way you can you can just keep the conversation going. You can just say nice without asking St. Petersburg, but it's just an option that you can do. And when did you arrive? Now, here is a real question. This is a real question because we don't have the information. We're really asking about a piece of information that we want to find out. When did you arrive? Okay. This question is grammatically complete. Uh, we're asking an open-ended question, which is about a real piece of information. You know, when did you arrive? And the answer is on Saturday afternoon. And, you know, just closing this part. Okay. Uh, we came this morning. You connect your idea to the previous speaker. So here you just uh, add a comment, which connects to the answer to the question. So that's how this is built up. It's really simple, but these small details make it more conversational. Okay, so remember, just asking questions only is not enough. You need to use the questions in a creative form. And um, some questions are real questions. Other questions are just, they just look like questions, but they're really like confirmation or just expressing surprise or interest. Let's look at a different conversation. Same situation, you know, the coffee break or the, you know, the lunch break, whatever. And in this case, you can open with a question. We can, you can start with a question. And here the question is, how did you like the class? So it was the first class and, you know, you just want to start a chat with the people around you or with someone you're sitting at the same table with. And, um, and you just go, how did you like the class? How did you like the class? Instead of asking, did you like the class? A yes or no question. You can just say, how did you like the class? Um, it was good, but I didn't understand everything. You see, instead of saying, did you like the class? Yes, I did. Or no, I didn't. You could say, you know, yes, I did, but I didn't understand everything. It's possible. Yeah. But if you ask, how did you like the class? You can expect more language, more information. So the answer is, uh, it was good, but I didn't understand everything. And then it goes on like, yeah, but it's a nice group and the teacher is nice. Yeah, I know. But I think we'll need a couple of days to understand her accent better. Okay, so this is an international school. There are teachers from different places with different accents. And so the students are just commenting on that. Right. And so the conversation goes on like, uh, yeah, I guess so. What are we doing this afternoon? Do you know? I think we're visiting a castle. A castle sounds good. Again, following this, there's another question, an open-ended question for real information. What are we doing this afternoon? Do you know? And then a yes or no question, okay? So the answer could be, no, I don't. Or it could be, no, I don't, but let's ask the coordinator or let's ask the teacher. But anyway, what you want is here real information, but you're also just keeping a conversation going. Again, 
you know, about something that you're sharing, some common experience, in this case, you know, the school program or the afternoon program for, for the group. The answer is, we're visiting a castle. And then there's a question, again, something that looks like a question. A castle? Sounds good. Again, it's not a real question because we know that it's a castle, but we're just expressing surprise. And that's why it's just incomplete. A castle? It's a question, but it's incomplete grammatically, and it's not a real question in that sense. Well, so much about questions in in English. Uh, Of course, these are just the basics, but the takeaway for you would be here, uh, just to have it clear, you know, there are two kinds of questions, basically. Yes or no questions and open-ended questions. And then there are other questions that look like questions, but they are not real questions. When we just repeat a word that we just heard uh, the speaker say, and we're just confirming or just expressing surprise or interest with that. If you if you learn how to handle these in conversations, then it can give you a little time to listen more, sound and look and be polite and interested and keep the conversation going. Of course, you will get questions too that you will have to answer, but it's just uh, it's just a way of learning how to handle these that will uh, help you in becoming a more fluent you know, speaker and to become more fluent in English conversations. All right, so I recommend that you take a look at my blog where I explain this, where you can find a written summary of all this and you can actually watch a video with the conversations that I've just uh, presented. All right, in the remaining time, we have a few minutes left, I'd like to talk about a few things that um, have to do with learning a language. And one is motivation. This is something that, um, you know, seems to be really important uh, for any activity, for anything that you want to do and learn. Motivation seems to be, you know, key, obviously. And um, and I you know I agree with that. I was I remember how I learned languages and how motivated I was, and where I found motivation. And let me tell you uh, about uh, English. For example, I was um, this was in secondary school, uh, and I just started to play the guitar at the same time. I started to play songs, and I discovered that I really had a lot of fun doing that, and uh, learning the guitar, learning songs. And learning English also. Of course, um, I did not learn English only through songs. I, you know, I went to school, I had lessons at school, secondary school, and then I kept on learning. Of course, went on to university and stuff. But uh, but at the moment, uh, beginning, when I was, you know, starting out, this is one major thing that uh, I connected to it. Now, I'm not saying you, you need... Um, anything extra, you know, as a motivation. I'm just giving you my example. But um, but that was like something that I have found that I really enjoy doing in English. So if you can find something that you enjoy doing in English, then it can be an addition to your language learning needs. You may need to learn the language. You may want to learn the language for, you know, whatever reason. But if you find something that you can uh, use the language with or where you can actually apply what you're learning and you can complement it, 
uh, then uh, you know it's just it, I think it's just more fun and it helps you keep up the motivation now are you always motivated the same way or to the same extent I don't think so I, I think there are times when you're unmotivated or less motivated what can help then well routine can help so if you have the routine if you have some time that you know during the week you dedicate to learning English and you you do it uh, then it can get you through these you know these moments if you need that right what else can help you with learning English I think being regular is another thing so you know learning a language is a skill it's a lot of skills but uh, a big part of learning how to speak a language and how to use the language is skills training and skills are things that you need to um, to actually train through doing them you need to do them it's like any skill like musical skills or learning how to draw when you want to master something uh, it needs to be done on a regular basis okay so if you do a lot of English just like one day and then you don't do any for a week or so I don't think that's as efficient as if you do maybe a little bit three days a week or so or maybe more four if you can or every day if it's possible even you know but it's not so much the amount of time you you do English uh, it's more like how focused you are and how intense that time and attention you know uh, that you're giving to to the activity in my experience and so um, shorter periods of regular study I think are better than doing long hours of just sporadic you know practice now what about learning materials well I mean today materials are almost infinite of course they're not infinite but I mean there's so much material you can find so much information uh, that it's kind of um, sometimes it's like overwhelming I think so what I recommend is that you stick to one or two things that you decide you like they can be you know uh, blog posts or they can be uh, learning sources uh, on the internet or books or you know whatever courses and then and then just do it I think there's more to how much you do and how regular you are in learning than the material itself materials are great I mean there are a lot of amazing things the question is what you do with those materials and how you make use of them as a learner right uh, for example the other day uh, I mean in the other program uh, last month I talked about how you can learn English with movies all right so I gave you some tips step by step what you can do in order to learn English with movies this is of course something a little bit specific because films and movies are not made for language learners in the first place they're made for big public the audience people um, but you can learn with movies obviously so if you're interested by the way just go back to the January um, program and um, 
and listen to uh, my, you know, tips on how you can do it and you can try it and see if it works for you. But people also like to learn with songs. I really liked learning from songs and playing songs. Um, so these can be complementary things, you know, to your uh, core uh, studies, uh, grammar books or course books, classes, etc. Yeah, okay, so we're kind of finishing the program, so let me just wrap up. Uh, thanks for listening again. Uh, this was Create English on Ribollet Radio with Gabor Legradi, and it's been fun. Uh, what did we do today? Well, we talked about this and that. We talked about uh, a question, student's question, difference between yet and already. We also uh, did a bit of translation, you know, from Spanish to English of a specific uh, expression, which is really frequent in Spanish, but has to be expressed in different ways in English. And then we talked about conversations and how to keep conversations going using questions. Remember, you can check out the links in the description of the program to materials and to written the written format of what I've been talking about here on the show today. So, have fun learning English. All the best. Take care and talk to you next time. Bye now. <laughs>